0: Hello everyone, it's your podcast producer. Just wanted to let you know that as of August 1st, 2023, this podcast that you're listening to has had over 73,000 total downloads and YouTube views from listeners in 84 different countries in the Faculty Factory website, facultyfactory.org. It has drawn over 37,000 web visits from users in 122 different countries. It's truly an international platform and we would love to invite you to be a guest on this show. Our host, Dr. Skorupski, makes the experience super fun, very laid back. If you want something taken out of the actual recording, I'm totally happy to do that as the podcast producer. I'll make the edit. No pressure. You're going to have fun with it. We just want to hear from different faculty around the world about their experiences So reach out to us, facultyfactory.org slash contact us. It's the contact us page on Faculty Factory. And let us know if you'd like to be on the show. We will get you in touch with Dr. Skorupski, or you can email her directly at kskorupski at jhmi.edu.
1: Welcome back to the Faculty Factory podcast, everyone. Today's a special day because I have two guests with me. Dr. Ruth Chen, RN PhD, is the Assistant Dean for Faculty Development in the Faculty of Health Sciences and an Associate Professor in the School of Nursing at McMaster University in Hamilton, Ontario. She's been there for 20 years. And back again, a frequent flyer, Dr. Lisa Coplett, MD who is the Associate Dean for Faculty Development and a Professor of Medical Sciences at the Frank H. Netter, MD, School of Medicine at Quinnipiac University, which is in Hamden, Connecticut, and she's been there for 12 years. Okay, well, listen, today is interesting because we are here to share with you a recent rejection, and that's part of academic life, right? You have to have a thick skin because we get rejected all the time. Ruth and Lisa and I submitted an abstract for a conference that we were really excited about, all about podcasting, and it was rejected. That's fine because we're still excited about the topic and the content, and we're not going to quit just because one abstract was rejected, right? So Ruth's going to start by telling us about the professional society and the conference, the theme of that conference, a little bit about what our abstract was. And then we're going to have a really interesting conversation about podcasting and social media, micro credentialing, and maybe how you can start your own podcast. Take it away, Ruth.
2: Yeah, and thank you so much for having me. And I really love how you started off this discussion by highlighting that our submission was rejected. I think that's such a great way to frame this because even when we receive these rejections, there are bright lights and positive. Other learning experiences and positive outcomes that can arise. And one of the positive outcomes is that I got to meet you, Kim, as well as you, Lisa, here for the first time visually on Zoom to record this podcast episode. And to give listeners a bit of background in terms of how we came to be as a triad. I saw the call that the Association for Medical Educators of Europe, or AME, held or released uh, in late 2022, and this was a, for a conference that would be held in August 2023 in Glasgow. And the theme was inclusive learning environments to transform the future. So I thought, you know, I'm I've been really involved, heavily involved in releasing our biweekly podcast. For our faculty of health sciences. And I thought this would be a great opportunity to highlight how podcasting could be used to promote and facilitate inclusion. So, super excited about that. And I thought, you know, why not take this uh, from a collaborative perspective? And immediately I thought of Lisa and the way that I had met. Informally, Lisa was because Lisa was part a of a listserv uh for faculty development. And so she had in her title or her signature something around, oh, connect uh connect to the told me podcast. So I thought, oh wow. So Lisa has experience with podcasting. I connected with Lisa, asked Lisa if you would be interested in joining me with this abstract submission, she was right on board and then she recommended Kim. Have you heard of Kim and the Faculty Factory podcast? And so that's how our triad came to be. And the goal for the submission was to share with the medical education community or the health professions education community ways that we could use podcasting to promote inclusion. And so the ways that I was thinking about about inclusion were an interdisciplinary and interprofessional perspective. So even here, amongst the three of us, we represent different backgrounds and different health professions or health professional disciplines. Also, promoting inclusion in terms of accessibility to a variety of content from individuals or from faculty who are working in a variety of fields. And so, These were some of the key components that we were hoping to include in our workshop for this conference submission.
1: I love that. Thanks so much for sharing the story, Ruth. It is such a blessing to be in this field because we have these opportunities to collaborate on such unique projects and that we're all, everybody's so generous and it just does takes a simple email. And we try to talk to our faculty all the time about don't be shy. What's the worst the worst thing is that someone will delete your email and ignore you or say no i would never want to work with you it never never happens so <laughs> you, so just be brave and be courageous and put yourself out there and you never know what's going to happen despite maybe an initial failure uh, that long-term collaborative partnerships and ideas can be can you know come up from these um meetings so thanks for taking the lead on that ruth um it was really I was excited to get the email and I'm happy to be with both of you and see what happens in the future. But Lisa, why don't you tell us, you know, as you know, your, your journey, you talked with us last time on the faculty factory podcast about your told me podcast. And, and I know it's really important. You were recently gave a talk about the theoretical groundings of podcasting. And so you've, you've steeped yourself in the, the literature and the how to, can you maybe share your perspective with the audience about How you arrived to your process and and how you help teach others about the accessibility of creating podcasts?
3: Yeah, I'm happy to. I know that I'm not alone when I say to other faculty developers, you know, we've got and we're a fairly small school um we've got over 1300 busy clinical faculty who are geographically dispersed over three states and six hospital systems with more than 20 hospitals and 200 ambulatory practices and yet my my job um, that I love to do, um, but my biggest challenge is how do I reach them all, right? So with that geographic distribution, that is where I think we have to start to get, we have to continually think about what else. So we don't necessarily need to, we don't need to get rid of our in-person workshops or our online webinars or our online courses or all the other things that we do to try to make, professional development accessible, but I do think that we need to keep thinking about what next, because there are so many options that are available and continue to be available. So this was a what next moment for me. And the conceptual framework um, that um, is connected to podcasting for faculty development is brief open distance e-learning. Um, O-D-E-L. And so what brief open distance e-learning is, is it's where you're reducing the transactional distance through quality educational opportunities and access to information through any digital device. So that's the definition, and that's what we're doing with podcasting. And what I really tried to think a lot about, though, and if you read about open distance learning... It you're not just getting on a mic and and you know thinking off the top of your head, right? You have to plan it and think about how you want to utilize it to achieve your goals. So what are my goals with this? Um, what do I want to see at the end? And what instructional methods am I going to choose? And what content will I choose? Just the way we develop sort of any other curriculum, right? Um, and so I found that really helpful for me to think about it in that way and even you know bring in bloom's taxonomy and all of those pieces. And then um so I thought about what the educational goals were for the faculty um but then I, I had to learn how to do it. I'd never done anything like this before. And I there's a, there's a ton of online resources. I mean, you just google it, right? And you're going to find so much Um, there's resources in print, there's resources on the web, there's online courses that you can connect to that are really inexpensive. And I think that that what it boiled down to sort of over and over again, in terms of formatting of the podcast, is that I learned that there that good podcasts, like the ones that we gravitate towards, haven't have a beginning, middle and an end. And so you need to think about what that beginning, middle, and end is. So for me, what I do for each of my podcasts is I, and I'm going to add two more pieces. I'm going to add an intro and a closing. So there's the intro, which is what to expect for the next chunk of time, which Kim did today. Um, and then you also have to think about the your learning climate, even right, even in your podcasting with the person that you're interviewing or the people you're interviewing. Then the beginning for me is I think it's introduction to a new topic, to a new content area. The middle is the explanatory part. And then the end, I always try to make sure we get to practical applications for our end user who the biggest audience for us are our clinical faculty. We also have some medical sciences faculty, we have some staff, and we have some students. Um, and so I really try to get down to those practical applications. And then there's the closing. And the closing is what's next. So mm-hmm. that, to me was a really helpful framework for each individual podcast. And then there's a whole bunch of other logistic pieces that we can talk about if we want to go down that road.
1: Oh, thank you, Lisa. i I like that layup of how or in structure of how you think about. and admittedly, I'm not, I'm not as good. So immediately I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I've been doing this wrong for five years. This is terrible. I don't do that really, really well. And I will I think I've admitted on the podcast and if and if not, maybe it was in a thought bubble and I and I for a change actually filtered what I said. But I'm going to say it out now publicly. And this is five years of doing a podcast that comes out weekly as God is my witness. I have never once listened to one of my podcast episodes, not one. And you know why? Because I in my deep heart, I know that if I would listen to one, I would be so furious at myself. And so, so <laughs> furious at myself that I talk too much, I over talk, I I talk, I'm an extrovert, so I talk to think, uh, that I kind of ramble and go down paths. And not only that, but I hate the sound of my voice. Mm. So I am convinced. I told Casey Callanan, the producer of the Faculty Factory, I said, "If I listen to it, I'll quit." I'm telling you, don't make me listen to it. <laughs> don't make me because I will be. I'm so hard on myself. Mm-hmm. So, I, for, so I'm, that's my admission, first of all, which hopefully also imparts some sense of exhale among the listeners because you're you're listening to three dean deanlets here talking, <laughs> and we also you know, feel self-doubt and I beat okay. myself up regularly. So when Lisa was, you know, beautifully describing how she's so thoughtful on this, I was thinking, oh, ma, I, I, I I, really I suck at this. I shouldn't do this anymore. What am I thinking? I I don't know. I've never even put this much planning into what Lisa's, like Lisa's done it. But then the beauty is, don't we all that's what science is we learn from each mm-hmm. other and we get better and we build on each other and so the told me podcast and the mac pfd spark podcast where i just looked at that and the design thinking I'm, I'm talking with the mac for the mcmaster the mac pfd spark podcast that ruth did they just did a really cool episode on design thinking we learn from each other and we
3: get better mm-hmm. and that's and the i love thing. it I love that you're being transparent about your inner voice. I also want to offer this. I want to offer that one, you do do actually think very much about the goals. Mm. This is my second podcast I've done with you now. And in both of them, we had a pre-chat about Mm -hmm. what do we want to focus on? One. The other is I remember you specifically telling me that, You like the conversation to go in whatever direction it's going to go. So Mm -hmm. that's actually one of the goals of your podcast is to have that exploration of goals as part of the conversation um, and for it to be very organic in that way. So I would actually argue that you are doing those things and that you have slightly different goals of what you want to accomplish with your podcast
2: it gives it a different personality mm-hmm, your completely. Podcast with the organic nature of how the discussions flow and it does have structure but the structure is more to guide the general uh direction of the podcast as a whole but not specifically the episode that you're releasing so
3: i think that that's your personality. And I think it's a process, there's a process of discovery in there, sort of what are we going to discover in this next 30 to 60 minutes?
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, you're both so observant. That's exactly what I love. I love, I get excited when somebody says something that my brain goes, bing, and then we get, we both get excited. And that that to me is, I always think of science and that the discovery of when you get a bunch of brains and hearts in a room together and seeing people riff off of each other And then the the energy builds and the enthusiasm. I love that. Ruth, how did you, what's your process? Like, what is your process? I'm feeling like now we're like, what is my motivation? Like, what is your process?
2: Exactly. And, you know, to um, just to make one more point about what we were just discussing, I feel like a light bulb just went off in my head. And that is that podcasts can have personalities. And the personalities may very well be a reflection of the podcast hosts and what their perhaps unexpressed or expressed goals are for the podcast. And I think that that's welcome. That's a positive rather than it being a limitation to how each of us runs our podcast. So I think the question, I hope I remembered it correctly, was around the process that I uh, incorporate into my podcast. I would have to say that, Lisa, boy, your, your structure gave me some lesson or taught me a few lessons right now as I was listening to you speak as well, because I was like him. I started thinking, oh my goodness, I am not structured at all. And I have so much work to do. And boy, I'm not good at this at all. And yet I also realized that I do incorporate uh, a, a perhaps less formal structure. And for me, I have some guiding principles around who I want to invite to the podcast first. And it goes back to our the pillars that we have in our faculty development uh, program. So the pillars around teaching and learning, scholarly practice. Leadership and management, creativity and humanism. So those are kind of like the unspoken pil- uh, infrastructure or the framing around how I approach the guests that I want to interview. When I come across someone that has given an interesting talk or has won an award for their work, it doesn't even have to be related to faculty-specific development. Just their their own research, their their teaching practices, their uh, explorations and other aspects of wholeness and wellness, I reach out to them immediately, ask them if they can be on our podcast. And then I start to structure what I want to discuss with them after the fact and after they've agreed. And then I give them a, a few prompts in terms of what I might discuss during our recording time with them, knowing that they're also Open to take the conversation in the direction that they want to head, and so it's this constant dance between addressing the different pillars of the program for faculty development, while also keeping in mind that we have three schools in our faculty: the School of Medicine, School of Nursing, and School of Rehabilitation Sciences, and so making sure also to include individuals that represent the perspectives of those three schools, and also the different roles that our faculty have whether it be teaching or research or clinical practice so it's like all of those variables it's not super structured in terms of um how i have a clear beginning middle and end but rather i'm thinking about all these variables and just kind of cross my fingers close my eyes and hope that they all come together in the episodes that we produce
1: thank you ruth i i, I love this the honesty. I just love this forum because it's just so authentic and so real. And I hope um, as people are listening to this, they're they're realizing that this can be just very organic. And I love the way you frame this, that podcasts have personalities. And to me, that that hopefully imparts this, you know, the, the comfort in knowing that if you feel like you have some content that is important to disseminate. And that this a podcast would be the good platform for that. You know, you you think about who you are, your message, who you want to receive the message, and what, as you put it, like what are your guiding principles or yours, as Lisa talked about her her theoretical framework and the e learning and focused on on learning. What is it that guides you, and then just kind of relax into it. I, So and it's kind of also making me think of how we do science. If I want to put a, a grant application out there, so what is my idea, or if I want to start a program or start a clinic, it's it all starts kind of the same way. What's the question? What is the need? And then thinking carefully about the who, what, where, when, why, and how. But then not overthinking about it like, well, it's just so big. I'll, I'll never get an r one I mean, how would I actually do it? Or I'll never start a clinic because how would it all play out? Or I'll never mm-hmm. um, write that paper because it'll never get published. All those ways we, we self- we talk ourselves out of things, that a podcast is kind of like that same thing. It's a living thing that if you feel in your heart and in your head that this is in you that has to happen, give it a shot. And it doesn't have to be. The Hidden Brain, like my favorite podcast is The Hidden Brain. And every time I go back home to my hometown area, I listen to Drunker B. Don't, and The Hidden Brain, and I think, oh, he tells a story. And there's so much like leave you on a cliffhanger. And then, that's how my podcast should be. But the, like that ends up being that's a full time job. Yeah. So realistically, mm-hmm, yeah. faculty members and leaders who are listening to this go, I don't have the time to do that. No. And you can still make a difference without overproducing something it can be a matter of reaching out to friends and say hey here are my guiding principles you want to talk about teaching learning creativity humanism have a couple a a couple minute chat before some email prompts like ruth said and you do it and how, how do you do it um, Lisa said, you know, Google podcast, you you I mean YouTube's anything, but also our producer for the faculty factory, Mr. Casey Callanan, wrote this great book, How to Podcast When You Aren't Tech Savvy. And Casey will actually put it in the link of the description on the facultyfactory.org on how you can access this book, but it is super, super easy. And there are people who do this. So it, you know, YouTube, I, I find how to do everything I but. Yeah, I just think it's doable. It's it's um it's it's the new self learning, self directed learning. I'm all about you know personalized faculty development. I think the new wave of innovating and moving faculty development into the next into the next era is recognizing that faculty maybe aren't going to do the whole old, the old fashioned we was talking. I was talking to Lisa Bellini. They aren't going to be going in classrooms anymore. They're going to be no more rumps, rumps and seats. It's Mm. all self-directed social media. So we have to meet the need. So I'll stop talking now, but, you know, give me some closing kind of comments from Ruth. We'll start with you. And then Lisa, you can maybe close us out.
2: Oh, thanks, Kim. Thanks for this discussion. It's been so informative for me and also inspiring to continue this work that we've been all doing around podcasting. I agree with you, and I agree that as edu- higher education is changing, learners as well as faculty, staff, senior trainees, they're going to be looking for resources that they can access in a just-in-time manner that will be pushed to them In a way that they don't have to be sitting in a physical seat at a certain time that and they can access this learning at any time that they want. So I think that podcasting is really helpful for that and can transform education because we can use these podcast episodes to then add to or enhance our own course curricula as well or to enhance our faculty development curriculum to say, okay, we have these workshops, but also you can supplement your learning through X, Y, or Z podcast as well. And so I see that there's an opportunity to scaffold podcasting into other learning modalities.
3: I I, I couldn't agree more, Ruth. And I think of, I think of what the sort of an ideal model I have in my mind, you know, going forward is that there's a menu of options, of which many could be just in time, like high quality just in time options for faculty. And yet they're connected. They are they are in in their whole form a curriculum, but faculty can use do that individualized curriculum development of their own. You know, you pick this, you pick one of these and one of these and one of these, right? And you're getting to all the content, but you're getting there the way that works for you. And that that's where I think, you know, this fits in and lots of other things will fit in in the future. I think that the the really um, positive things about podcasting, right, is that it can be brief, it's accessible, it's asynchronous, and therefore it's that on-demand learning it's free. (laughs) So it's a very inexpensive expertise. I love that it's an, I, I really believe so strongly in providing open educational resources as well, right? Anybody, anywhere in the world can access the content. And as we talked about inclusivity, I think that's important too. There are a lot of places around the world where faculty in medical schools and faculty developers don't have the resources that we have so why should they reinvent it they can use ours that we created and vice versa so I really like that piece of it as well um and then I think the one thing that we also just have to mention is that whenever you use any new technology as mainstream as it seems we have to remember that there's a good chunk of our, population, a faculty that are going to need help learning how to use that. So that sort of just has to be part of it too. So one is getting the word out. Anything new is, is, you know, gets adopted um, a little bit slower, um, but also something that will prevent adoption is if people feel like, I don't really know how to do that. So, you know, we have to provide some explanatory uh, language around that too.
1: Yeah, that's great, Lisa. It's it's so overwhelming and it's so easy to say, I don't even want to learn that. And I'm thinking of all the, the apps and the, the phone I'm recently exploring, um, cutting the ties with Comcast cable, because when I looked at the bill, I'm like, well, I'm paying $245 a month for cable. This is what? And I watch TV for like two hours a day, max in the morning when I'm figuring out what should I wear today with the weather? I have the news on. And then at night when I'm brushing and flossing, I've got Golden Girls on. I'm like, really? This is $245. That's right. <laughs> and so I'm exploring it, but then you you kind of go down the rabbit hole of those there's Hulu and there's streaming and there's this and there's this stick and that stick and this app and that app and and then I kind of like ah oh, forget about it never mind yeah, I guess I'll just stick with whatever I'll just two hundred forty five dollars for Golden Girls and the news but th- that's where you have to kind of get over that hurdle of like podcasting it's not that hard when I first thought about it I'm like there's this stuff called podcasting I don't know how to do it and then Casey was like just do it I'm like well. How long does it have to be? Do I have to have a script? And I can't do it every week. That's too much work. He's like, Kim, just relax. I mean, just talk. Just be you. Back to what Ruth said. Uh Be you. it has a personality. And to it doesn't have to be the way you think it should be. The way something is or is in your brain doesn't have to be the way. You know, it can be something else. So, like with our faculty, I don't want to be a leader, I don't want to be a department, I don't want to be a dean because. I've seen them and I don't want her job. I don't want his job. Well, just because he or she does it that way doesn't mean that's the way you have to do it. Mm -hmm. So there is that kind of like relaxing the, the burden we put on ourselves that a job, a life, a grant, a, a leadership role has to be a certain way. Go with what you've been given in your heart and your passion and, and what's in your DNA and create something new and, just 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 be real, and I think it'll come out organically. So I love how this, your stories have kind of brought us to this reassurance. And I hope faculty listening to this kind of maybe are inspired to oh, try to do it. Um, and and they could contact either of us. Your contact information is in the facultyfactory.org description, but Ruth and then Lisa, why don't you say your, your email addresses in case people want to like email you quickly to say, Oh, will you help me? Or that, that would be so easy. Oh, Ruth. What's your email?
2: Yes. My emails are you th dot C H E N at McMaster dot I would love to hear from you if you're interested in talking more about podcasts or even being a guest on one of our episodes. That's he- my plug. I love
3: it. Lisa. My email is my first name dot last name as well. So it's L-I-S-A dot C is in Charlie. O P is in Paul. L-I-T is in Tom at Q U dot Edu. So Q U is for Quinnipiac University. Just to make sure I understood the how I said the letters. And I couldn't agree more. Ruth, I was going to say the same thing. I did have some, have a colleague who I'd met at a conference who had done some podcasting in a different area. And she was so helpful to me and I would love to pay that forward. So anybody who's interested can certainly contact me and the same thing, you know, we're always looking for, you know, interesting guests. Um, so the door is open.
1: Lovely. Thank you, Dr. Ruth Chen, Dr. Lisa Coplett, and thank you for listening to the Faculty Factory Podcast. Be brave, start your own podcast, or join ours or both. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Faculty Factory Podcast. The mission of the Faculty Factory is to build and support a community of leaders in faculty development who share tools, resources, wisdom, and encouragement in service to our faculty members, schools, and institutions.